When you're building a team, but all you need is defenders, it's that so MLS. North American Soccer <laughs> Podcast with myself, Andrew Bates, and Nick Thornton. Hello, how is it going? It's going great. You can find this podcast at that's Um it has been going really well. The uh, the off season has been continuing uh, a pace. Uh, teams have, are now starting to report into uh, the you know actual training sessions are starting to happen, um, which has been uh, which is relating resulting in some news, some mm-hmm. seasons ending before they even begin. Yes. Uh, are you talking about Tim Howard or Vanderveel? <laughs> or both. I'm talking about Gregory Vanderveel, who um, is actually kind of the third move, uh, a, a third move kind of for, for TFC in a, uh, that has happened since we since we last spoke. Um, uh, Victor Vasquez is going to Qatar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicholas Haglund is going to Cincinnati, who, which is, I believe, their 12th defender that they're signing. That's not necessarily true. But it's not necessarily wrong. No, uh, I was a little bit surprised by that one, but we'll get to Hagland in uh, a bit. And it uh, has uh, come out in the, the, the last few days that uh, apparently there was some incident, um, an altercation uh, that has resulted in Gregory Vanderveel being uh, sanctioned for um, insubordination, and he has already posted on his Instagram that he's gone. They don't have a team for him, but uh, there's... There's, he's been, quote, removed from Toronto FC camp. So there's uh, no chance that he will be back. No. Uh, And the club is, the club has confirmed as well that they're, they're done. No clue what, you know, insubordination is. I just want to win and do that. uh, He said on his Instagram post, um, I, your one hit ups and downs. I found my joy back. I could not wait to get started this new season. Uh, unfortunately, year two will never come due to dis- dis- uh, differences with the coaching staff. I just want to win and do that no matter what the consequences are. I guess that mentality was a little too much for them. They decided they do not need me for this season. So there's a lot it, of opacity as to what, what happened. Yeah, uh, I think the some insider sources said that uh, there's been some character issues. Um, and from the sounds of that post, it sounds like he's a, a bit of an arrogant little... <laughs> tool bags so <laughs> i mean i i get i think fans always want to side with the their players and front offices and coaching staff sometimes get a little villainized but uh sort of judging from his tone i i feel like uh there's definitely some soccer players where things go to their heads and um it it can be really toxic if you don't remove it so of course we don't know what happened but um it takes a lot to decide to sever ties with one of your international rostered players so uh something tells me it wasn't this maybe wasn't just a one-off incident but maybe something that finally sealed the deal for his fate don't cross the boss that's a that, that's mm-hmm. a key line when it, when it comes to the coach um i'm interested to see what it's going to happen what is going to happen with sort of toronto had a lot of issues last year with um depth in defense did they? I don't remember ever talking about it. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, oh, it's coming back to me. It's all coming back now. And, and 
both from this and the fact that they decided to trade uh, Haglin to Cincinnati. In you know, uh, I've heard people say, "Oh, TFC got a steal for this," but eh, Haglin was a pretty important piece last year. Uh, yeah, I think in terms of if you want to, there were not a lot of consistent points for. TFC last year, but I thought Nick Hagland gave a good account of himself and was, for me, looked set to be one of the key pieces of their defense for um, the years moving forward. So I, w- I was kind of surprised by that. I wasn't surprised that Cincinnati decided to splurge and buy an, another defender because it's clear that they're they're trying to set up a good defensive system there, which I think is brilliant and exactly the right approach for an expansion expansion side. But I, I feel like Cincinnati kind of got the better deal here. I wonder if at this point, in, in this is something that'll come up a little bit when we talk about trades and in, in the, the value of all of the MLS moon money. Um, but, <laughs> but it's like, I wonder if, if, if Cincinnati stockpiled so much that it's just like, it's not even necessary anymore because what's another at a certain level, what's another hundred uh, K in town? <laughs> sure. Like if you, if you, if you've put so much together and you have so many, you know, uh, the, 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 the draft pick for, for Tam thing was something that came up. Uh, uh, and you know, just before the draft, we, we were able to talk about that last week before we went away. Um, so the Cincinnati thing we could get to in a minute. Um, TFC has this issue in, in, it's something they didn't really have at all in the last off season. And until Bez Pachinko left, I don't think it's something that a lot of people anticipated happening for this season. And that is that eventually the core of your team leaves. Mm-hmm. And with the, uh, the addition of a new general manager, you do have, you know the the Javinkos and the Altadors and the Bradley of the Bradleys of the world saying that uh, maybe we don't you know I, I don't we don't know how long we're going to be here. Um, last year, sort of, I know that one of our big points was is that they didn't have sort of when they were the 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 championship configuration. They did great. They had a, a trouble adapting to any other reality. The nice thing is that they had that, you know, the 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 brightest timeline, all still under contract, and now that's starting to sort of uh, drift away. Mm-hmm. I know that that Vanderbilt was not a part of that, but Vanderbilt had, it, you know, following the uh, following the decision to not care about Betasher, to 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 let Betasher uh, wander off as so many teams as have have wrongheadedly decided to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he seated in nicely there. And, but that was pretty much the only spot, one of the few spots after the championship year where they actually had to make a replacement. And now they're going to have to be doing that again for the right back position. They're going to have to find a new shape without Vasquez and they may have to make further replacements before um, everything is said and done. Yeah, I mean, and I I know that the, the season is still, well, it's not far away, but it's not deathly imminent, so there's time to do something. But, 
it certainly looked like TFC was doing their best to keep Velasquez in town. But um, I forget who, but somebody online made the good point of just like, you know, as a club, you want to be able to, in, in order to keep your reputation with players that you want to bring in, when you have older players that, you know, need to go somewhere and make a crap load of money towards the end of their career, you, you know, you have to do right by the players as well. And just forcing them to stay and see out a, a contract for less money is not necessarily going to do you any favors in the long run. Um, but the Velasquez piece is definitely something that uh, I think they're going to struggle with. I think Hagland um, and Vanderveel, I think those are pieces that can be replaced. There's lots of other players in the same caliber for, I think, similar prices that they won't be too, too concerned. But Velasquez is one where I go, uh, I, you know, I'm sure they they have a plan, but um, I think that TFC is really going to struggle this year. As you said, you know, the team that won the championship uh, you know, of course, injuries didn't help them last season, but there's just so many pieces that are going to be different. That's absolutely right. Um, I, mean, I think that the, the team before Vasquez joined um, was like, like that team was not able to win the championship. Vasquez yeah. was able to give the various, you know, like, like create balance and, and give Bradley that room to sort of move around in defense. Bradley's going to have to move up a little bit. We kind of did think that he's been too defensive last year anyway, so that might be positive. Um, with all this Gam and Tam that they've got from the Hagman trade, uh, maybe they'll be able to end the, the salary cap space that Abasquez does give up. That's something that they have the ability to do, but it's kind of... Um, it's weird splitting the duties between coach and general manager because you, uh, you don't know... Um, Ali Curtis hasn't really uh, shown his hand yet. No. And I mean, to the point about Michael Bradley, and I want to go too far down the, the rumor mill, mill here, and I wonder if this, the Velasquez trade will factor into this, is that Vasquez, there has been... Vasquez. I don't, why do I keep yeah. saying Velasquez? Yes. Am I, am I combining two names here? <laughs> if you took Vela and Vasquez, you get Velasquez, okay? He's my right. new super DP. Yes. Goodness me. It's been a long off season. What can I say? That a super DP is coming to the MLS rulebook uh, about halfway <laughs> through next season. Yeah, it's going to be a forward slash uh, deep mid. About Bradley. Um, about Bradley is that there's been some talk that uh, there's a possibility of him actually coming to Vancouver Whitecaps. And uh, that would be interesting. Um, Glass City on Twitter has called at least three of the. Uh, post the the preseason moves for the Whitecaps, I would say a good five days, if not a week, before they happened. Now it's helped that one of the players actually posted on his Instagram a picture of BC Place and was like, "I'm coming to Vancouver." And then, like a full five days, three or five days later, the club was like, "Surprise, we have this signing." Um, but Who's Michael Bradley, so um, that is. I believe our lady, the the guy on loan from Spain. I'm struggling with the names still because I don't know any of these players we're bringing in. Last Bangura. Bang, Bangura? Yes. Bangura, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, he's he coming put... in on loan from Rio Vallecano. Right. Yes. John Arise is the other, the other Spanish midfielder. I'm getting my wires crossed here. Um, and then... 
someone also posted this and then I, I double checked to confirm and it, it checks out that Michael Bradley also started following the Whitecaps Instagram page this week. <laughs> so I never know how to I never know how to rate those kind of like, you know, who's I n- following who. Uh, I never do either, that. but it's sort of like but the last two guys to come into the club also started following us on Instagram and it's sort of like, oh, if there's uh, any truth to this, we're going to have a serious storyline on our hands for the next uh, while. <laughs> well, let's call that let's call that a definite maybe. We have heard that they're looking uh, you know, somebody I saw today was saying that Dos Santos was saying they're working on a DP, so we'll yeah. we'll find out uh, we'll find out the identity of that person coming up quick. Um, I'm very excited. You know, it's it's interesting to see these players coming in from Spain. Um, John Arise was this uh, was playing for uh, a team. I think it was Malaga that uh, before they got relegated. Um, and then sort of continue to be in this in La Liga too. He played apparently for uh, for Real Oviedo, which is great because I bought an Oviedo shirt for uh, ten bucks in a thrift store on Broadway um, last time I was in Vancouver with no real knowledge of how that was going to be relevant to my life. So I make great decisions. Um, <laughs> you know, interesting. While the I think that the Aries. Fits into oh Erise yes Erise fits into this um I think the same mold of signings as is as we saw last year with with players who um are brought in potentially to trot like to test out and then if they don't you know uh, I'm thinking of like a Marvin Emness who mm-hmm. may never you know it. If it works, it works. If it don't, if it doesn't, they may we may see them. Uh, we may not see them come back. You know, you're floating, you're floating, float out sort of situation. Yeah, very, very true. I had I hadn't thought of that. Um, and with Bangura, there's it's a loan with an option to buy as well. So that's a, another. I think that's always uh, a good option if you can take it to with a an international player who doesn't have MLS experience. Is you never know quite how it's going to shake out. So. Alone with an option to buy, uh, I think, oh. is maybe a good way to go for now with the, the team still taking shape. Yeah. We still don't know. Taking shape is the is the great operative word. We still, there have been a lot of um, these sort of, you know, sidelong uh, signings. Mm-hmm. I, like, and I think, not saying that PC is not going to start all the time or he will, will or he won't. Um, but I, but it's like signings that are not going to be the definition of the core or the definition of the team. Um, we are seeing sort of the second, third line signing, or not third, not line, obviously, but you know what I mean? Third, second, yeah. third tier signings. I and, don't necessarily we, expect somebody like Andy Rose to be playing every single minute of every game. Yeah. That's so, a depth signing for me. And, and a fine depth signing, but um, yeah. Dos Santos' biggest moves are still to come. Absolutely, and and I mean, I'm, I'm admittedly a little caught up in the rumor mill, but one of the things that has been interesting is I believe today was day three of the Whitecaps preseason training camp yeah. uh, out at UBC here, and I believe again today there has yet to be a sighting of Juarez. Interesting, because a lot of this people are ra- taking this, the, the, his, his contract being extended is... is... 
as ideas that he's coming back. Yeah, and, and then there's been those also the pitching the idea that uh, the contract extension was was actually a bit of a, a bargaining chip move. Um, and if they bought down his salary in an effort to potentially move him on to another club. But to me, I mean, it's one of those things that could either mean a lot or it could just be that um, he's had a couple of knocks or something. But it's curious to me that, um, you know, there's been no questions about it from any of the, the press scrums, um, which makes me think that maybe they've been asked not to ask the question and that's still up in the air. So who knows? I don't know how it all works or how it will shake out, but it is curious that our, our good buddy Efrain Juarez has not seemed to appear at any of the preseason camps yet. I'm sure it's something that's on the top of everybody's mind. Let's not jump to any conclusion that it's not been, you know, discussed. I'm sure everybody's very curious. Um, the, uh, the big news, uh, the, uh, the, the news uh, involving the third Canadian team um, is that after so long, um, Joey Saputo is stepping down as Montreal Impact president. Um, he will continue to be the owner of the team, uh, but he had been the president of the team since 93 when the Impact formed, um, I, I believe that was in A-League times, but I could be wrong. And, uh, and, and I guess, you know, um, it's interesting because it's not something I ever considered because he's the owner. It's not like, it's not like, you know, the, the budgets of the team are going to change anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm curious what, uh, you know, a new, the new president is named Kevin Gilmore. Uh, and while, you know, CP focused on the, the fact that he had been in a, a, a sports executive, in an executive position with Disney and the Montreal Canadiens, um, the most important, the most interesting to me is a MLS observer is Anschutz Entertainment Group, um, which has had holdings including the Galaxy and the and the the LA Galaxy and the Houston Dynamo. Mm -hmm. um, he apparently his role was development of sports infrastructures in China, so it's not like he was working in that part of the business. Um, but like you know that cert, that group, somebody that has. You know, a entertainment and sports executive experience um, in adjacent fields, and B has worked for a team, worked for an organization that has been a backbone of the league. Um, we may not see any sort of results of this initially, but I think that it's a it's a it's a fine next step for the impact. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, a team that I think needs a a bit of a shake up, something different. You know what? We, because it happened so fast and, and everything was flying around the time of that exa the expansion draft, I've heard it be, I've heard it been said on Twitter and I agree. Um, I think that Maxi Rudy is going to be a game changer and we're going to, we're going to find ourselves saying that uh, many weeks. Quite possibly. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to be the, the type of sports pundit. God, I never thought I'd call myself that. Um the type of sports commentator, commentary, whatever it's in. Not commentator is good. The, is, a good the, is a good way. The type of person that would uh, speculate while be say things like this: that either Rudy's going to have a massive impact, and we're all going to be like, "Wow, the, this is a different team," or be kind of a non-starter as he he has been at points. However, I'm definitely leaning towards, I think he's the perfect type of player for the impact. 
And I, I expect that he will, pardon the turn of phrase, but make a big impact in Montreal. <laughs> it, it'll be interesting to see what the philosophy, you know, um, what the philosophy changes will be. Because, you know, I, I can't even think of what, I can't even think of what, you know, the... Uh, it's it's hard for me to separate Saputo's management style with the management style of the team because it's just they've been the same thing, yeah, for over a decade. Um, the uh, what else did I have here on my list? Uh, also, I like a lot of the pictures. Uh, Saputo no, no longer has his goatee; it looks like a completely different person. <laughs> <laughs> The most um, important uh, piece of information from this news. Right. Well, if you look at his Twitter account, it has his old picture, and that's still the one that's in my head. Um, have you seen this article by Paul Tenorio in The Atlantic about uh, the DP situation in, in Atlanta and L.A.? So I've I've kind of seen the headlines, and then just before we started the show, I, I had a brief little look at the L.A. Galaxy situation and I think that I'm aware of the situation in Atlanta. My opening line was going to be, when Juan Martinez just isn't enough, and then, of course, we <laughs> lead into welcoming Pity Martinez, which is a lovely name, um, oh, yeah. to Atlanta United to think, well, is it? it's not just because of the last name, but I really, it seems to me like, well, are you really going to keep both Martinez? And then I remembered that, uh, of course... Joseph just signed a, a new contract. So, yeah, it's pretty likely that it be, at least both of those are sticking around. But I didn't see the article. So, give me a what is it saying? How do we how do we help people, including myself, understand this 4DP situation for these two teams? Okay. So, so the the point I was going to make first about Martinez's new deal which runs through 2013 or 2023 um, is the it's great from Atlanta from an Atlanta perspective, but I assume if the league ever wants to sell Martinez, they can still do it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't, you know, looked, maybe, maybe there's some clause that says that they can't, but, but it certainly doesn't prevent Martinez, prevent MLS from shopping Martinez at any time. Um, if anybody is interested in doing so. So the, the issue is, is that, Sort of um, the way that this piece talks about the issue in in terms of the four DPs is the league's most ambitious owners want to spend more, and MLS rules are hampering their growth. And we need to really understand that the piece argues that 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 this is an issue, and, and people are not understanding to uh, enough, you know, what a limiting factor this is to the growth of the game. Um, potentially because of the situations of the two players involved, which are Giovanni Dos Santos in um, in LA and Miguel Almiron uh, as sort of the, sort of the the odd people out. Um, mm. I don't agree. <laughs> the 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 pieces the pieces like oh it's everybody's the league's thinking is so contrary because they're even thinking of taking out the third DP spot, but. They have to really think if they want to be in a place to, to uh, encourage these um, ambitious owners. Mm-hmm. And the situation in both the situation in LA is that LA has uh, is elevated Zlatan to DP status. So now they've got uh, Zlatan, 
Alessandrini, Giovanni Dos Santos, and Jonathan Dos Santos is, is DPs. Um, because they're signing in Atlanta, because they're signing Pity, now have Pity Martinez, Miguel Almiron, Joseph Martinez, and Ezequiel Barco as DPs. Mm. Um, I'm going to skip my Ibrahimovic joke that was also a jab and jump straight no, get, to... No, just, just, you know I love that. You know I love the Ibrahimovic. Well, I was just going to say that I, I'm... I'm excited to hear that Ibrahimovic has been elevated to a DP status from the BNC <laughs> status. Best newcomer. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Best comeback player of the year as well. I had forgotten about Barco, which uh, I I feel like perhaps doesn't bode well for Barco. In that, uh, if there's a if if I'm anyone with any sort of decision making capacity in Atlanta, and I'm looking at Almiron and the two Martinez's, um. Barco is the weak link there, and they spent an awful lot of money, an untested entity. Maybe he's the one that they ship out. That's, that's absolutely true. I they, mean, I know that's not the point, the article, or, you, or you're trying to make it. Just I'd sort of forgotten that part of the equation. Well, this this feeds into my point pretty well. The The reason why Almiron is chosen as the opera's note is because they're trying to, the club is trying to sell Almiron, um, but as we discussed on the last issue, perhaps the wage demands are not what they, what the them, them or the player are hoping for. <laughs> what people on earth might pay for that player. Yes. So they're having trouble selling Almiron, and Atlanta has already made the plane to sort of move beyond Almiron by signing Pity Martinez. But Almiron is still there, so they have a problem. Um, the... The, the, the argument sort of advanced by this piece... In, in, by a lot of people, and, and I'm not going to put this piece on the uh, to, like hang this specific piece out to dry, is is that you know if the team is going to the league has said this and you hear this on broadcast all the time talking about Atlanta, if the you know other other teams they say need to catch up to Atlanta, if in and, and I think this there's this feeling that if Atlanta and other teams want to expand, let them expand, and and everybody else needs to sort of catch up. The point of having a single entity league or a league, the, the, the MLS has always been, MLS has always been about measured growth. Yeah. And clearly other teams are not at this point. And that's, you know, um, when, when we're talking about Vancouver, we can criticize Vancouver, but we're talking about, but regardless of, of, of whether or not some teams have spent, um, they like, that's, not all the not all teams are on the same playing field. In, in expanding that even further, uh, in my view, would be a negative. And also, you can't just sort of skip over the fact that the two, uh, the two both teams as fourth DPS are kind of oopses, um, because yeah. because the fact that both teams are sitting on four four DPS are mistakes. They have yeah. managed poorly. Having yeah. both after the season that Giovanni Dos Santos and Jonathan Dos Santos had, if neither of then neither of them should be there. They should not. <laughs> no, they shouldn't be there. Um, Gio should. Uh, the the piece mentions that Gio is making six, and they would probably have to pay six for him to not play there, and they would rather have him play there for six than than not play there for six. Um, which is like massive. A massive screw up on your own part. Like, yeah, did these people? Did they not watch Sunderland till I die? Come on. 
we're kind. We're kind to Bar. We're we're kind to Atlanta because they won. So in I don't know how. Why don't Why don't we talk about Ezekiel Barco as a bus? Yeah. Like, because you you forgot about him, and he's not one of the team's best three players. No, and he's and one of the team's most expensive. He's not 19. To, he's 19. That's why. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm I mean, sorry. it's he's not 19. to say that he's not a good player or there's not potential there. I mean, I think if Atlanta gets stuck with him, which I think is a, a bit of a harsh term, right. there's still he's good. potential. He's good. I'm sorry. Well, he's I'll, still I'll a good player. That, but... However, yeah. again, out of the four players, it's sort of like... <laughs> Like you said, it's like with the Dos Santos brothers. Like, sorry you suck at business, but like, okay, well, we would like to, well, we don't want to pay money to lose one of these players. And you're like, well, neither one has been particularly good for your team and really represent an old guard that you you super don't need. And that was proven this season. You moved Ashley Cole on. Why not do the same with the Dos Santos brothers and, and find something else? I don't see where the argument is, and I didn't know I had such passionate feelings about it until now. <laughs> I don't see what the Dos Santos brothers bring to LA Galaxy, that, they, that they're that they what you're clinging on to. And I feel like if they're having to make decisions or spend a, a giant ton of money to keep both of them there, I feel like they're going to have a similar season as to last season, where they're spending the majority of their money on players that were just sort of bad decisions, and they weren't thinking about the future. To go back Why to do the you piece... Want... Sorry. Why do you want to enable that in the name of ambition? Right. And also, that to say, like, okay, well, every club needs to catch up to Atlanta. You're like, well, that's easy to say for a club that's existed for two years. And sure, record attendance and stuff like that. So there's nothing that would t- indicate in the foreseeable future that this club is going to suddenly go bankrupt. However, MLS has, like you said, always been predicated on slow, even growth. Yes, at times it's been frustrating and we don't like the rule changes and we could probably do away with space money or, um, you know, some teams are talking about, like, why not just have a salary cap for each team regardless of how it's divided up? But, you know, there's just a sum total of space bucks you're allowed to spend and you can't go over it. There's all kinds of different ways to slice it. But the idea that saying to New England Revolution, well, why don't you just spend the same amount as Atlanta United is completely ridiculous. Um, And the whole point is to have a competitive league. So this idea that just like, well, the team with the most money, you you know, if you're really invested in it, well, look at England. And that's what... (laughs) (laughs) That's what's happened there. And sure, then you can say, well, but then look at other clubs had to match and that, you know, Man City. But you're talking about teams owned by you know, oil bear and, you know, Russian oligarchs that (laughs) have billions of dollars to inject that just doesn't exist here yet. And I would argue kind of takes some of the fun out of the game as well. So I don't want to become a league that's just all about whoever's willing to spend the most. I do like there being some rules in place, but more to your point, I agree that if if you just screwed up at your business and, and you didn't get your numbers right, uh, or you didn't plan for the contingency of, oh, what if uh, we can't sell Almiron for the moon? F- figure it out. <laughs> Every other team has to. Like, I'm sorry. Exactly. I, I kind of have limited sympathy. Like, wow, yeah, you you probably should have thought about, hey, what if a team doesn't want to spend 100,000 pounds a week on a very good player from MLS? 
Pity Martinez is great, and 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 he's good. Like I think that that the idea of bringing him in this is going to, especially after the season that River Plate had, winning uh, Copa Libertadores after all that nonsense, um, mm-hmm. is is going to raise the 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 caliber of the league. But he was signed because they thought something was going to happen that didn't happen. Yeah, or hasn't happened. Yeah, it exactly. wasn't. This wasn't like a, we were chasing, this isn't an MLS 1.0 to 2.0. We were chasing David Beckham and then he became available. We have to do this. Please allow us to do this. It's like, it was a, it was a, it was a, not to say it was a lateral move, but it was an attempt to, it was an attempt to make a statement of, of intent as one of your core player leave players leave to say we're bringing in somebody just as good except that now you've got uh now all of your uh your your shiny players are there and now you're just like well can i keep all four yeah well surely somebody in the front office or back office might have got, must have gone hey guys uh well, what if Almiron stays shut up jared we're keeping all four uh, all you're, right it's a single entity league it's a single entity league uh, this this argument that the league needs to expand is exactly right. We got to keep all these players. So in my, we in are, my mind, we are it, we are reassigning Pity Martinez to San Jose. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be true parody. That would be fair. Send send Almiron to Houston, and then we can talk. Yeah, absolutely. I would say Colorado, but Colorado's been making intelligent decisions with how they spend their money and. That's fine. I just imagine if there was a naysayer in Atlanta who was telling them maybe to think about an Almiron contingency should he stay. It's probably in Butters uh, from South Park's voice. <laughs> um, the talking about uh, Colorado. Um, yeah. The the big news. Uh, the farewell to a friend. <laughs> Farewell to a friend. Uh, Tim Howard has announced uh, sure. after his long service. You're, you're having a real South Park moment. I don't here. know what's going on. <laughs> People tuning uh, into this show are just uh, are not going <laughs> to know what's happened. Uh, and it's uh, later for you than it is for me. So. Off season. Off season. Uh, that's MLS is the most. That, I'm, uh, I'm, that's MLS after dark. There is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get released for character issues, aren't I? <laughs> It's all good. Uh, the so so Tim Howard started in the league in 1998 mm-hmm. uh, with the New York New York New Jersey Metro Stars. Um, is uh, has announced that he will be retiring after the 2019 campaign. Um, he's been somebody that we've uh, we've loved to cheer, we've loved to boo, we've loved to laugh at, um, but it. But obviously, one of the most um, one of the most relevant and, and important United States goalkeepers that have ever been. Absolutely, um, yeah. I mean, he's taken a bit of shrapnel on this show, especially last season. Um, but of, of course, I mean, he's uh, a legend for a reason. There's a reason why he Colorado has continued to spend so much money to keep him there. Um, he's a very, very fine goalkeeper, one of the best in MLS. Um, sometimes some shocking decision making, but I don't think you ever can fault just the 
the raw talent there. And, you know, I, I think also loyalty that I think should be, not that he's not getting well compensated for it, but you you would hardly blame him for looking elsewhere with the, the last few seasons he's had with Colorado and the lack of help he's had from his defenders. But, uh, you know, he's a guy that stuck it out and has decided to end his career there and has always been a leader on and off the pitch for them. So, uh, you know, this day was always going to come. I can't say I'm particularly surprised. It's a little interesting to me to do the retirement announcement, like, before your season's even begun, because I don't, like, what does that signal to the coaching staff? But you seem like possibly you have an idea about that. Well, this 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 comes up to this comes to somebody that we're going to talk about later in the episode. Um, I don't know that there's a lot to read into it other than you know, he wants to do a victory lap uh, to to just sort of say he's going to do it after a season that probably does not befit the 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 place he's earned um, in sort of the legacy of United States soccer. Uh, and in North American soccer, mm. um, the and Colorado could be good this year. Uh, they just picked up Benny Felhab, uh, Benny Felhaber. Yeah. Um, they 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 do after having some rough moments. Like they could actually, you know, with playing with some people in front of him, um, he could have an okay uh, go of it. Absolutely. Maybe that was instrumental in him deciding to do a victory lap. He's, now that Colorado's decided to finally invest in some good players, maybe that's part of it. I doubt it, but... Don't watch last season. Uh, forget about last season. Look at this season. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 person that I was alluding to uh, in terms of, well, why would somebody announce so, uh, so publicly their decision to retire? Um relates to the newest player of the major indoor soccer league, Sandy, uh, San Jose, uh, San Diego, or San Jose <laughs> Soccers. Uh, who, who wears the Soccers? Who, which San is the Soccers? Uh, I feel like it was San the, Diego, isn't it? Yeah, the San Diego Soccers of the, uh, the major indoor soccer league uh, announced today that they will be uh, the Landon Donovan will be on his way back onto a soccer pitch yet again. Uh, returning to, to yeah, San Diego soccer, is, but it's the Bay Area where um, uh, where he's been known for. Uh, maybe, maybe it's not the Bay Area. I don't know. I'm not going to say San Diego's in the Bay Area unless I fact check that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm too far away from it. No. But um, Landon Donovan is going to be there. Uh, he... I saw this tweet. What you said reminded me of this tweet I saw today that said, you know, got to have respect that he got uh, he got a, a, a victory present from every team in the league and then unretired twice. <laughs> because they he just also came, can't keep him away. He also came back last year for that uh, Liga MX side. Um, well, I think perhaps, you know, maybe he had a government job and he's been furloughed and he's looking to make a little bit of that sweet, sweet indoor soccer cash to see him through the government shutdown. I'm not quite sure, but uh, why not? Why not do a third victory lap? Landon, this is at Vicky Rubio. Landon Donovan retired, hustled every team in the league for a retirement gift and then unretired twice. <laughs> You've got to respect that. Um, 
So, so I mean, like, there's a. I'm not gonna sit. I'm gonna sit. Not gonna sit here and say there there isn't money in uh uh in in announce making the most of your uh, making the most of your retirement. Absolutely. I'm just looking forward to next season when uh, Colorado announces him as their next goalkeeper. <laughs> well, you gotta keep. You've gotta keep the jerseys. It's funny that the. The way that they announced it is that the soccer's is, uh, which is a great indoor. Uh, I know that I didn't get their location correct, um, but I've read pieces about them before. Uh, Craig Charles is like the like one of the, if not the top scoring at, uh, major indoor soccer league players of all time. And he's going to be Landon's teammate. Uh, they're a great, they're a great franchise. They announced it by having their uh, their kit supplier. Like a video of them stamp the numbers on the back of a jersey, uh, and the font just looks garbage. It doesn't look. Great. <laughs> that was that was my takeaway. My my fashion <laughs> forward focus takeaway was like. Yeah, I know anyway. that seems to be the trend now. To because didn't Barcelona just sign a new player this week, and they did the same sort of jersey press thing. Mm. It's a, a little cheesy. I still think uh, it's it's hard to beat club announcements like uh, Las Vegas Lights from USL. They're still my team to beat in terms of putting on a show. Let's bring some llamas onto a field. Have a raffle. Make a... Come on. Entertain people. I like what Halifax Wanderers of the Canadian Premier League have been doing, um, which is the day before they're going to make an announcement. They have this amazing 3D graphic that's just like a spinning graphic of the logo and when it, it has the Wanderers logo on one side... On the other side, it says "player announcement tomorrow at two p.m." and it's just spinning like a very, <laughs> a very nineties three D graphic that I absolutely love. And I'm it's into like, it. Like that's good. Like because it's like you know it creates more hype than just sending out a press release at three o'clock when you're not expecting it. Just to just to have one little uh, just to have a little jaunty animation to be like, hey, uh, <laughs> keep your keep Craig. Your we need up. another jaunty animation. We need a little jaunty animation uh, to, uh, to announce our <laughs> upcoming player signing. The uh, Halifax has been on a tear. They signed uh, three players that, that manager Stephen Hart knew from Trinidad and Tobago, from his time managing Trinidad and Tobago, uh, including Elton John. That's <laughs> joined the franchise. Wow. <laughs> we'll be playing at center back. <laughs> Great. Doesn't he yeah, own, so, doesn't doesn't Elton John the other Elton John doesn't he own part of Crystal Palace or is it oh no it's uh uh Wimbledon is that he owns part of an English club I think that's possible I loved it I loved it I loved every minute of it um they they seem to be doing okay in terms of who they're signing and, and who they're bringing up they just signed I think a a twenty year old who played for Luton. Mm. Um, the babyface assassin. Can't remember his name. I'll stop my head. Um, Canadian Premier League. Uh, everybody has has been sort of making their signings. Um, there was a big interview with uh, the David Clanahan, their uh, their chief executive, that uh, that simultaneously was like very magnanimous about the Ottawa Fury situation and also like. Uh, I saw this on Twitter, like, simultaneously very placating and very aggressive. Um, What's the Ottawa Fury situation? I think I've missed that. 
So that's the one where the Fury um, decided not to join the league in 2019. Uh, CSA almost denied its sanctioning and then didn't. And then CONCACAF did deny the Fury the sanctioning to play in, in USL Pro. And then Fury took them to court and then they settled out of court. No, that's fun. Um, I don't know. Well, maybe they didn't get all the way to court. But the, the fact was CONCACAF said they were not going to do it and then they, they walked that back. Um, I maintain, and I have maintained uh, since this topic came up, I do not... A existing, healthy, professional soccer team in Canada is a rare flower that you must protect at all costs. Yeah. And if they... And if an existing, healthy, professional soccer team says, I'm going to give it a minute to see if this is, you know, you know, something we could jump into, I would much rather that. Sorry, sorry, but a, a business is not required to throw away, you know, stability once it has acquired it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um. But uh, but I am still very excited for the Canadian Premier League, and, and uh, apparently we're going to be hearing about a new, you know, I'm seeing uh, whispers on Twitter of a new TV deal at some point. Great. Uh, yeah. TV I'm, is... As, it get, as it's become closer, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to get uh, a little more excited, and also um, Pacific FC is uh, the West Coast team. They're, I believe they're playing out of Victoria or near Victoria. Now yeah. have uh, five former Whitecaps two players, and academy pro- or or and or academy products on their team. So it'll be interesting to see the likes of uh, Bildissimo, Caden Chung, oh who else? Forgetting the other names. Um, Overhoven, and then um, the goalkeeper Mark Village, and there's someone else as well that's gone there. So well, you're it'll be Marcus interesting. Haber too, right? Pardon? You're getting Marcus Haber. Oh, could have been, yeah. I can't, I can't bring up the name, but it's it'll be interesting to see t- uh, to how the Whitecaps handle. They canceled their um, their USL affiliation in the this year as well. Oh, so we've got no U- right. we've got no no USL team. We've got no uh, USL affiliation, and you know, Mark Dos Santos said this week that he's happy to have the academy products and everyone back training at the academy but the downside is they're not playing games so i i just i'm not quite sure how all of this shakes out i mean the players that have gone to pacific fc are their players now these aren't loan deals uh, as far as i know they're now officially players there and have no more whitecaps affiliation um so it'll just be interesting to see how that all shakes out for the whitecaps but pacific fc is quick becoming sort of like a, a potential farm team home away from home it looks like we know that uh ML, we know that the Canadian Premier League is not interested in being a a, a league for affiliates we also know that when uh, a player sort of parts ways with the academy uh with any academy system but the Whitecaps academy as well that they are kept t- they're kept tabs on mm-hmm. uh, and they still have MLS discovery rights um, yeah. so what the line is between we are loaning players to a team that's nearby and, you know, we have a, 
we are an affiliate team with this, where where that sort of lies is a question. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, so it will be we we know that they we didn't see a lot of players go. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we never really saw a lot of players go down to Fresno, anyways. Like not particularly, term, no. Not not enough to like be the bulk of the roster in any in any sense of the word. I mean, it kind of seemed like they made the decision and then very quickly it sort of seemed to speak for itself where we just heard nothing of the players that did go down and nothing really of the affiliation. Like, it didn't seem... Certainly, there wasn't any real talk outside of... Uh, like, well, there, w- there was no talk of what players' progression there or anything like that, media or otherwise. So it, I, I think that seemed to kind of put the writing on the wall for me. Mm-hmm. But that the, uh, started almost as soon as it began. Um, Austin uh, has finally been certified as a, you know, after the, the, the last piece of the weirdness that was all this Columbus Crew stuff is that um, Austin uh, have been granted the expansion franchise for 2021, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, in a way kind of wild when you think about um, the... We, we talked about this during the course of the, the crew saga that, you know, all of these teams go through, all of these cities go, there are hoping to, you know, seize expansion franchises, go through all these hoops to try and get it. And at the end of the day, uh, as much as the league says we want reasoned, measured growth, uh, <laughs> they are also not uh, against planting a team in a place because it's an emergency, and they had to. Yeah, they really, really had. It's not like they had a choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, the interesting thing to me um, is listening to the the press releases and all of the sound bites from Anthony Precourt. Cer- certainly, sound like uh, the sound bites of when he took over at Columbus. So, uh, hang on tight, San Antonio. <laughs> the uh, some Austin, oh, sorry, he... God. People made uh, people made hay of the uh, the official hymnal chant uh, the the Austin something I can't see what the name of the actual the fan group that is uh, that came this up. Somebody came up with chants for their press release, their press conference. Okay, right. Which to me seemed a little odd. But can you explain to me what the the big joke is here, or what like why it's something that we're making fun of beyond a we kind of hate Austin now because they were going to take over the Columbus crew, even though that's not, it wasn't really their fault, but always. And we know it, and we know that there are, when I say this, I'm not saying that there are like actual, there is an actual organization in Austin that, that wants a soccer team. I'm not saying that. Um, no. Austin, you got, you got done dirty uh, by Orlando. I'm not forgetting about that either, but in the lead up, there were certainly fan groups that were that had Precord Sports Ventures logos in the bottoms of their web pages, uh, or or copyrights in the bottom of their web pages, um, and, and people sort of you know are suspicious of that kind of astroturfing. And the thing that people were specifically making fun of is that there is a song about the cancel the council vote to approve their stadium. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that's seven four, seven four, seven four. It's not the score. It was the vote that got us all our brand new home. Uh, and also, 
That one needs some work. Maybe maybe a second round of writer's room for that one. I also appreciate, uh, you know, I'm not going to be the the genius to say, hey, some teams use the same chance. Because ultimately, it's a, it's a language that, that people, like, you, you know, people are making references in, in whatever, even easy chance are fine if they get people into it and they get engaged. But I love, they've got on this sheet, uh, they're, they're one of our own, they're one of our own. Oh, insert name, they're one of our own. <laughs> uh, it's a sort of, actually the perfect MLS chant, isn't it? <laughs> actually, I think it might have been LA Galaxy that wrote that one. <laughs> uh, insert Austin. Dos Santos here. Uh, which awesome. one? We, we gotta like... pick one. You can only have one Dos Santos, but just insert want... the name here. No, I want two Dos Santoses. <laughs> we need a we need a fourth DB so that I can have two Dos Santoses. All four um, of them are our own. <laughs> All four. We love we love you, Austin. Uh, remember, I haven't forgot about the Aztecs. Um, but uh, but we may until until we know you a little better, we may make it a little fun. Um, Everybody's got to take a few knocks. It's expand. It's par for the course. But just don't worry. Miami, <laughs> my Inter Miami is going to be in first. And boy, we'll, we'll have forgotten all about Austin by the time they start playing. This learned, okay. Actually, this leads into talking about the draft, uh, which we kind of sort of glossed over as saying that it wasn't. You know, I don't even think we. I don't even think we really got to it that much. A little bit, other than to say there wasn't a lot to talk about. Uh, so, so this idea of having chance. I I'm curious, do you like the the idea at drafts that fans go to the draft and then like do chance the whole time? Like I think it's kind of fun. It was really fun at NWSL, but like it's kind of also silly at the same time. <laughs> I think it's a little silly, but uh two things. The the first one which is a little cynical is like look, anything to make the draft seem more exciting than it actually is is fine. Yeah. Um, secondly, I think sometimes what gets lost in the conversation about the draft and making fun of it is that there is a lot on the line for these young college players. And yeah. it's definitely not a perfect system. But, you know, when you see the these kids get, for the most part, kids that get drafted to teams... Um, there's not one of them that's not excited for the opportunity. Now, of course, yeah. the track record for draft picks actually making an impact or even playing any minutes at all in MLS isn't that great. However, um, it is important to them. So regardless of how you feel about the draft, uh, the fact that families are there, fans are there to help welcome players in, I think is a thing that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to knock that. I don't want to take that moment away from those players, um, you know, and it's up to MLS to maybe come up with a better, more relevant system. Um, but for, for while it's happening, uh, absolutely, it's something that should be celebrated. It's it's good for the fans. It's good for the players. I see nothing wrong with it. Bobby Warshaw wrote, uh, wrote a pretty good piece uh, for Haller in, in 2017 that was just like about, you know, let the kids have their little moments of hope. Just let them have it. Absolutely. Let, you know, and... And it does happen, right? Like, and it's also kind of like, that, like, okay, well, the draft picks—do they ever even actually play MLS minutes? But that's true of any trialist, 
Yeah. Like it's it's not really that rare, and it's similar to draft picks elsewhere. Is you know draft picks aren't always going to work out, but it is an opportunity to get a young player into your squad, and um, you know certainly there are success stories as well. The the Tim Parkers, the Jake Nerwinskis of the world, like you know they may not have careers in MLS if not for the draft. Not saying the draft is perfect, but. It's embarrassing when some teams sort of uh, check out of it, and, and you know this is the, the the Philadelphia cashing in on all their their picks is certainly an example of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the 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 I think one of the things I said on Twitter at the time is that it's weird that this is of all of the weird shit that MLS does. It's like weird that this is the thing that people catch on. Yeah. You know, like, this is the one thing that people are like, whoa. But you, you know what I think it is? is It's because it's the most American part of it. And yeah. MLS fans, particularly some of us north of the border, really have an issue with anything that deviates from the European system. We love to make fun of MLS when they try to copy the European system or English system. And we also love to make fun of MLS for all the times that they don't and they try to do things like American football. So, um I, I don't think there's anything that MLS could do to satisfy everyone, but I, I do think it's it's a little bit too much like the NFL, and and fans like to rag on that. Uh, the the one sort of qualifier I'll have on my like general positivity is um, the third and the fourth round are obviously garbage because everybody yeah. passes. Yeah. Um, you have to they do them in a second. They do them at a, like you know as in a separate location. Just don't do them. Just don't do them. If yeah. you want to invite, if you want the player, invite them to your training camp. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. This is this was. It's not this like who does the, that serve? This was the um uh, this was the the saving grace of the NWSL college draft, um, mm-hmm. which has its own problems. Uh, the the main sort of issue being that um. A lot of sort of key prospects are, are thinking of going overseas now. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I'm trying to remember the name of the Canadian that uh, that this was the case for, but um, you know the the Canadian that was a um, a finalist for the Mac Herman Trophy is is going abroad as as Kadisha Buchanan did and, and other people have done. Um, so like that's kind of tough but at least like nwsl college draft has a defined like you're focusing solely on this part of the development system and this is what we're doing and and this is you know to sort of firm up our specific um association with ncaa that's fine there was only 36 uh, picks that's also great um a lot of teams sort of traded up to the point where Washington Spirit picked four times in the first round, uh, in in like sort of you know four teams picked all of the first and second round picks or almost all of them. Um, and Portland, the Portland Thorns somehow skipped, you know, traded all of their picks until the third round, and then they got a player that was ranked fifth overall, hmm. or like like ranked fifth by some you know, scouting organizations coming into the draft. 
So they somehow created the master the master move of them all. <laughs> and also uh, Sky Blue, who drifted drafted Haley Mace um, and Julia Ashley, uh, probably won't be able to keep those players because their training facility bathrooms are still an RV. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, it's just... <laughs> that it's is so, the team. It's so heartbreaking. It's just such, it's such an insult to those players. To any player. Yeah, he's playing. That is the team sport. where in July it was, it was, it was revealed that they had you know really substandard housing and and in training situations and their their answer to the the public reporting that they didn't have um, washroom facilities at the or running water at the training facility is that they got well we brought in a trailer it's an RV yeah oh god <laughs> well maybe if you want to end on some more positive notes about North American women's soccer. Uh, yeah. Canada's true hope and glory, Christine Sinclair, scored her 178th international goal to now pull her, I believe, <sighs> just seven away from the all-time FIFA goal-scoring record. So congratulations to her. And also also notable as well is uh, Julia Grosso and Jordan Hoidema also got crucial minutes, so it's great to see the younger generation coming up of young players as well. That's a, that's really exciting and fun. Uh, I think that we're hearing that uh, Jordan Heidema is skipping NCAA altogether and is lining up for a big pro move somewhere. Ooh, I, I believe she's, it. Uh, she's 17. Uh, she played a couple friendlies for PSG when they were in the States, I think, last summer, if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this is also a World Cup year. So, you know... It's um, it's not a bad time to skip NCAA because because I know that we're I can't remember if it's NCAA coaches that sort of have this issue with the World Cup or if it's the under twenty one World Cup but I know there are I know sometimes that um, doing the World Cup in a club year can be really can create some issues mm-hmm. but Europe generally has that. Um, that fall to summer schedule that makes it somewhat less of an ordeal. Yeah. And the kid can play. She's ready. <laughs> she's got unbelievable quality and physicality too. She's not a big person, but uh, isn't afraid to get stuck in as well. So it's the future looks good for us. Um, where can we find you online? You can find me online researching uh, players' names at on Twitter that's so MLS and also on Instagram. That's so MLS. Where can we find you? You can find me online at Team Bates on Twitter, www.team-bates.com. I am an editor at Howler Magazine. Uh, if you are uh, subscribed to that mailing list, because if you have already been subscribed, you will have gotten a piece from me about Kai Kamara. Absolutely. That's right. That came out last week, right? Yes. How Vancouver, uh, uh, how Vancouver loved and left Kai Kamara, and uh, that will probably be available to read somewhere else on the internet uh, in the next few days. Great, wonderful. Um, and you can also find this podcast at thatsomalus.com and on Apple Podcasts and other places where podcasts are located. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Do those things. And until next time. Ah, don't have a bust up with your couch. Get kicked off the team before the season starts.
Don't get sent off of the whole team. Don't get that. <laughs> That's it's really kind of the ultimate sending off, isn't it? <laughs> I can't help but think Ted Uncle was involved in some way. <laughs> <laughs>